Would you do that just right now? Whatever it may be happening in your life, no matter where you may be right now, would you just speak the name of Jesus over it all? Maybe you're here tonight and maybe you're thinking, man, I, I feel lost. I feel defeated. I feel like I'm failing. I feel unloved. But Jesus is not a feeling. He's greater than all that. All we got to do is speak. I love it how it says, the authority that he has given me by the power of his name. I'm seated in the heavenly place, undefeated with the one who has conquered it all. You might, you might be in that situation. You might be in that circumstance. Let me let you know right now, Jesus is going to conquer. You're just in the middle of it. You're in the battle. But listen, every battle belongs to the Lord. And so we give him praise. We give him glory. That's what worship is all about. That we're reminded that we have a Savior, we have a Messiah, we have a God who loves us. And so Lord, wherever we may be right now, would you just let us be lost in your midst? Would you just remind us that you see us close to you? Or maybe we feel that we're far from you. Just one step back. One step towards you. And we see you. You say in your word, Lord, return to me. Maybe, Lord, for some of us, that's us right now. We're going to be returning to you, and in doing so, we're reminded of who you are. So, Lord, we speak your name. We speak your name over our, our hearts and our souls, our minds, our bodies. We speak your name over our lives. We speak your name over our, our family, our marriages, our children. We speak your name over this community, Lord. We speak your name to the ends of the earth. Let that be our worship unto you, Lord. For you are our champion. Lord, we're so grateful that you are who you say you are. You're the real deal, Lord. You continue to do miracles. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. And, Lord, we continue to look forward to what you're going to do, Lord. Right now, as we pray over our tithes and offerings, Lord, we, we do so because of who you are. It's not about us. It's about you and the heart that you have for each and every one of your people, each and every one of us, that none shall perish, that all would come to experience and encounter you. So Lord, as we pray over our tithes and offerings, we pray that as we give unto you, Lord, we know you're going to continue to do that. You're going to continue to multiply and multiply to the ends of the earth so people would come to know you because you are a great God and you continue to do great things. We love you, Lord. We thank you. And we pray this all in Jesus' name and we all said, amen. Amen. Woo. Welcome to New Hope. We're so glad you're joining us. Would you turn to somebody and just give them some love for those of you online? Share the love online in the chat. We're so glad that you're joining us here tonight.
Oh, what a wonderful time of worship. Can we just thank our team here and Pastor Ben, Heba, leading us in worship. I want to welcome all of you who are online. Hi, Anella. I know you're watching too, all the way in Vegas. So we have people around the world tuning in tonight. And tonight we're going to talk, talk about this word awareness. Awareness. So if you're not familiar with this word, then you're not aware of your surroundings. And we have probably at minimal three groups of or, 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 or three categories that surround us. So the first category is God himself, right? We got to be aware that God is present. God is here. God is always around. But then there's another category of other people. There are other people around us, but not all the time. We're not always 24-7 around people. Sometimes we're alone, which is the third category. The third category is us. And you are around yourself more than anyone else. Some of you are just realizing that. You're like, no wonder I'm crazy. I'm around me more than anybody else. Imagine hanging around with you every single day. Like, people take a break from you. People take a breather from being around you. They're like, nah, honey, you go on vacation. Yeah. No, you go, you go. <laughs> and I need a break. They may not say that, but we, we, we take a break from each other just to give us space. But you're with you 100% of the time. That's, that can be difficult because you can't get away from you. Some of us try. We try to get, get away from ourselves. We even call it a getaway. Like, how do you get away from the person that is probably irritating you the most? And we don't even realize it. Now, I'm not saying we're horrible people, but there comes a time and a place where our awareness has to shift from just others to also ourselves, as well as to God. So we're going to look at these three areas that will help us to be aware, because being aware allows us to grow. Being aware allows us to mature, allows us to learn new things. And if you're not learning new things, you, your brain doesn't learn. If you're not doing new things, your brain doesn't learn new things. Like you, we got to do new things in order for us to continue to learn. Otherwise, the brain stays stagnant. That's why it's always good to try something new, to pick up you know, something else. Some of you do crossword puzzles. Some of you do games. You do games on your phone for a little while. Some of you pick up a hobby. Some of you learn something new or you go to school, you get a degree. And so you're learning something new. And because you're doing that, your brain keeps learning and starts to form habits in the things that you're learning. But if we stop doing new things and we plateau, so does our thinking. So being aware allows us to put that value back into God himself and how he created us because he created us for relationships. It wasn't just for a relationship with him, it was for a relationship with other people. And because now God is included in it, now we can find value in who we are in God rather than the things that we do, rather than in people. It's in God himself because people are gonna fail us and we're gonna mess up doing things. So if our value is found in those things, then our value will, like the stock market, go up and down. It can even crash because our value is put into something that is unstable, other people and circumstances. But if our value is in God and we're aware of that, then our value always stays on the up because God is the one that gives us our value. 
But in order for us to have a healthy value, then we must have healthy awareness. And healthy awareness will result in a healthy life. Unhealthy awareness will result into an unhealthy life because our awareness is unhealthy. We're relying on people and things to give us our value or our worth. But awareness is like the compass that is used to correct our direction when we're off course. That's what we do in real life. Physically, we'll use a compass or something to give us direction so that we know where we need to go or so that we can plan our course. And those three areas we're going to look at tonight. In fact, I'll just draw these circles. And if you take notes, if you, if you want to do this, you can. But I'll just start with God. And uh, I'll, put, I'll put you, but if you is... I'll put me, but not me. It's you. It's you, me. You got it, right? So, so I'm, I'm trying to do first person. So me as in you. <laughs> I know you know what I mean. So me as in you, and this is others. Okay. So this is, this is the basic uh, structure of awareness. God, us, and others. It's the basic structure. So awareness... In, in these areas, I'll use in this example, God is like the GPS. Gives direction, kind of maps things out. We, you feel a little bit more secure because the GPS can let you know where you're going in case you're lost. So you can put in some coordinates and then you can say, hey, wait a minute, we got to turn around. Or it's like, honey, we in the wrong state. We got we to gotta, we gotta, we gotta park this car and catch on plane. We're driving eight hours in the wrong direction. GPS will do that. Uh, when it comes to others, this would be like passengers. So passengers in your car. And the, the passengers, um, they really don't have control over the steering wheel. They really don't have control over where you're exactly going. Now they can tell you what to do they can disagree with the gps they can tell you wrong turn they can distract you it has happened before i've seen it happen firsthand when you're driving and you have gps and someone else is trying to navigate and you're you're watching but you're trying to pay attention it can go very bad especially if it's like husband and wife because whew, that's where the marriage is tested you know you're not, you're not tested when you're at home you're tested when you drive with gps in the mainland going at 70 miles an hour on the highway uh, so there's God, GPS, others, passenger, and then this one. Actually, let's put this. Let's put self because that's us. It's, it's ourselves. And then this one would be, this would be me, I mean you. So self because that's, that's the awareness that, that we're going to have. Now, if you just pay attention to yourself or you and the GPS, and you don't pay attention to the passenger, then you can drive pretty crazy and they're, they're, they're scared because you're not concerned about them. You just drive however you want. Next thing you know, you're like stuck in the median and you're like, I can, I can choose whatever I want to do. They're scared out of their mind, oncoming traffic. And if you don't care about them, you're not thinking about them. They're scared half the time. Some of you drive like that and to you, it's no problem. To them, they have whiplash. They're hanging on for dear life to their seatbelt and they're cringing as you're driving. So that's you and the GPS. But 
if we only pay attention to us and the passengers or self and others, then you get lost, right? You get lost. If you don't pay attention to the directions, you're going to get lost. If you just pay attention to one of these, you crash. If you only pay attention to yourself and you're just driving and you're just paying attention to yourself and you're just thinking about yourself, you're not thinking about where you're going, you're not thinking about the passenger or GPS, you will crash. So, and if the other person, the passenger, is the only one thinking about the GPS and you could care less, you still end up in places you're not supposed to be because you're not following directions. You take a U-turn somewhere or, or you have to re-navigate or what do they call it when you have to... Um, it, it says re, rerouting. I was just testing you. See, I know you guys get lost. That's what it's called, rerouting. Next thing you know, you're taking a U-turn and some Japanese lady is scared because you almost bang her on the sidewalk and you're like, oh, what is happening? Heidi and I were in Oregon this one time and uh, it's, it's, it's nighttime and... We had to get onto the street. We had to go to the street and then take an on-ramp to the, the highway. We had the right-of-way. We did. So I pull onto that street to go onto the on-ramp. This lady starts blazing, coming by, and trying to cut us off. And then she, like, oh, she didn't slam her brakes, but you know how they go really, really close to the car? They go, you go behind you, like really, really close, almost to say, I did see you coming, but I was already coming, so now that you're in my spot, I'm going to let you know that I was already coming, so I'm not going to tell you. So she's tailing me, and I know it's a woman because I can see in the car. So I'm like, it's okay, no big deal. I'm sorry, you know, I, I had the right of way. You actually was supposed to yield. So we're going on the, on the thing. And she's still tailing us. Heidi's in the passenger seat. This changes everything. See how the story changed? I didn't even say anything, Heidi. I just said you're in the passenger seat. Guess what Heidi does? Just take a guess at what Heidi does. Anela, take a guess at what Heidi does. Mom. She turns, she's in the passenger seat. seat. She turns around. She does this. What? (laughs) (laughs) And don't cheer her on. Don't cheer her on. This is not about cheering her on. She turns around and she goes, and a couple times. It wasn't just, what? Hotties people. She's like, what? What? I'm like, Heidi, they might shoot us. She's like, go, go. I'm like, she cannot hear me saying that to you. I'm like, that was a while back. That was before. No, she was a believer. Yeah, 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 yeah. This was, I don't know, six years ago. Oh, talk about transformation from where you were to where you are now. You're so the same. Maybe worse. So my thinking is, like, let's, let's not get crazy because my self-awareness is thinking, like, what if this is a crazy lady? Could be, a cra- could be a crazy man with crazy hair. <laughs> All I know is let's not, let's not do anything that's going to jeopardize our life. Let's not do that. So when it comes to these three areas, it's so easy for us to jeopardize our life without even realizing it because we don't have awareness. And it's not just on the driving part. It's, it's in life in general. Having God awareness, self-awareness, and others' awareness, that's a big deal. And it's a difficult skill to possess 
when it comes to these three. The easiest, let's look at the easiest one right now. I'm gonna go at Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 22, verses 35 through 39. Jesus gives us the easy, he, it's almost like he, he gives us a way for us to understand these three areas. He says, well, one of them, a lawyer, asked Jesus a question. A lawyer, so a well-educated person, comes to Jesus and he says, and he, test, he tested him and he said, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law. So he's talking about the Ten Commandments, right? Which, which, like, above all of them, which one is the greatest one? And Jesus said to him, well, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as... I, I think Jesus put this in order. From easiest, God bless you, from easiest to the hardest. Like, he starts off with, oh, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart. Ah! I can do that. Many of us feel like that too. Oh yeah, easy to love God. Why? Because he loves me and he died for me and he, he's with me 100% of the time. Yes, I can love God all my heart. Yes. Oh, I'm not done yet. Oh, is there something else, Jesus? Yes. Well, I just asked, what is the greatest one? You said, you said love God. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, right, right. But it's, it's also that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But the second is like it. Like Jesus is saying it's connected. You, you don't have one without the other. It's, it's connected. So you also have to love others. You love your neighbor. Uh, I can, I, I, I got some good neighbors. I got some bad neighbors. Uh, I can, yeah. Like, can I pick which neighbor? Like, what if they live like five blocks down? I can pick that neighbor. I don't want the one next to me. Okay, I, okay, love my neighbor. Okay, I, I can deal with those two. I can, I can work on that. Oh, yeah, and then you got to love them like you love yourself. Myself? What do you mean? My, how, how is that a part of the great commandment? How is that a part of a, a command? Like, what does that have to do with, with me? You mean, I, I, so I love God with all my heart, soul and mind, and then I love my neighbor as myself. Yeah. I, didn't, I don't know how to do that. Like the moment we say we got to love ourselves, we, we, we move right into me time. Like, oh, I love myself. I'm going to the spa, get a pedicure, manicure, massage, go to the gym, go to the beach. I'm going to love myself. Jesus wasn't talking about activity. He's talking about a spiritual health and emotional health. Something that is very difficult to be aware of. We can be aware of activity. We can do that. We can schedule things. But self-awareness, that's a different kind of skill. That's one we very rarely even tap into because it's that difficult. Self-awareness is difficult because of our human pride. On our Wednesday nights, we call this equip and disciple because we're, we're believers. Majority of us are believers, and, and, and our Wednesday nights are geared towards those of us who are saying, God, I want to I wanna, I wanna go a little bit deeper into my soul, and I, I want to learn a few things. 
And tonight, it's, it's, it can be tough for many of us because self-awareness, maybe we've never heard of it. Maybe, maybe your self-awareness is tell my spouse about self-awareness because if, if she is self-aware or if he is self-aware and they change, everything would be so much better. It'd be better. Like, if, like seriously, no, seriously, Pastor, if, if they change, I'm telling you, you don't know them. You see them in church, but at home, oh, different, different. I wish they was like this at home. They're probably saying the same thing about you. They email me. They tell me. I know you who you are. Now, they don't do that. But that's what we think. If that person changes, it changes everything. But God is saying, no, you, you got to look at this. You love me, but then you love others as you love yourself. Yourself is probably going to be the most difficult part. Jesus is so good at being aware that he gives us those three areas. Jesus is the master of being aware. Now, you might be thinking, well, why is it so important? Why, why, why discuss this? I just want to love God. Why is it so important? Well, that's how we grow. We grow when our thinking is challenged. That's why for certain things that we're learning, it's frustrating. And it almost seems like we're going in circles because we just, we can't get it. Like, why, why, why are we still in this same predicament? It's because we're learning. And in order for us to grow, there may be, there are some things that need to change. There's some transformation that needs to take place. And the Bible tells us we're only transformed by the renewing of our mind. So our mind has to do something different. And if we're not challenged in our thinking, we're not going to grow. And if we're not learning new things, we just won't grow the brain learns through love and connection. That's how our brain learns. There needs to be some type of connection, but also there needs to be a love. And that's where relationships come in. That's why unhealed people, you know, if you're just dealing with hurt and pain and there's bitterness and that's, that's just where you are, that's where you land and you live your life like that, there's no transformation. You can go to church for 30 years and if you're unhealed on the inside, you stay the same. And there's no growth. Our brain was designed for relationships. And if there is no relationship to whatever it is, then whatever it is is not a human. That's why tangible things, we're not bitter at these tangible things. We don't get bitter at these things. We may get mad because I only have 1% on my phone, but you're not, you're not bitter at your phone. You don't hold a grudge against your phone. You only do that, we only do that with each other because that's a relationship, a human being. We're built for that. We only react the way we do with each other, not with things. God created us for relationships, but unless we're aware, we stay the same. That's why when Jesus died on the cross, his death on the cross was a relational one. It was a relational choice. That his, his thinking, and, and I'm, he didn't say this, but if you look at the life of Jesus, it's like he was saying, if, if I can be with you forever by dying on the cross, a painful death, I'll do it. I'll do it. Because it was a relational choice. Relationship was what was at stake on the cross for eternity. He really wanted to spend eternity with us. And that's the way it was done. That's the only way it could have happened. 
So let's look at God awareness because this one, supposedly the easiest one, supposedly. But you're, you're going to have to, you know, do that with yourself. You're going to have to figure that out. Like, how, how difficult is it for us to have God awareness? And for some of us, it comes easy. For others, it's difficult because we base God's presence and his goodness on circumstance. If God does this, then I'll believe. If God heals this person, answers my prayer, and does this, pays the bills, then I believe that he exists. But really, that definition of God awareness is recognizing the presence of God at all times in every situation without skewing his character. Like that awareness of God, it's not when things are well, oh, you're a good God. When things aren't well, you're not a good God. That's not God awareness. That's circumstantial awareness and putting that on God. So now you're looking to God through that filter of how well things are. And if things are going well, what a great God. But you put that on the side and it's just God. God awareness. Heidi and I were praying for someone. Heidi's my wife, by the way, just in case you didn't know if this is your first time. And we were praying for someone and then Heidi said, may they see that your work at hand is not something that's coincidental. In other words, may they see that you did send those people, that you did provide a way for them to get medevaced, that you did surround them with the right people, that you got them to the hospital in time. May they see that. That's God awareness. Otherwise, it's circumstantial. You pray for your, 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 your loved one and, and uh, they do well. You give credit away to something else. And thank God for doctors and modern medicine. Thank God for the men and women who put their lives on the line. It's like they're partnering up with God. That's just how I see it. You might see it differently, but God will use all of us, a team of people, to do surgery on someone and to God be the glory. We just have, we gotta have God awareness that God is doing something great. In Psalm 139, verse 7, the psalmist says, where can I go from your spirit or where, where can I flee from your presence? And not that the psalmist was saying, I just want to, I, I don't want to be by you. The psalmist was saying like, everywhere I go, your presence is there. Like talk about God awareness. Like no matter where I go, I recognize you. I see a sunset. I'm not giving credit to science. I'm giving credit to you. You're the one who created the sun to hit the atmosphere at just the right time and that angle and the way the atmosphere is and and how it separates the light and you see the different colors and God, you paint the sky. Like that's God awareness. It's knowing that he's present even when we don't feel his presence. Exodus chapter three, verses two through five, it was Moses, the one that God used to, to take the Israelites out of slavery into the promised land. That God uses a man by the name of Moses. Now Moses is tending the sheep and He's out in the wilderness, but he notices something. He sees a, a burning bush. And so Moses did not have that connection with God yet. So in Exodus 3, verses 2 through 5, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. In other words, that little tree was burning, but... It wasn't being consumed. So that's, I mean, that would spark your curiosity. I think that would. 
especially here in Hawaii or during a dry time or in the desert where everything's dry. Like, that's something that, that's not, it doesn't make sense. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Did you know that when you, when you are curious about the awareness or the curious about God and aware of his presence, you might possibly, possibly find yourself standing on holy ground. So stay curious when it comes to God's awareness. Stay curious. You're not questioning everything, you're, but you're, you're, you're fine-tuning it to God. I've, I mean, I, I have to do this every time I find myself driving behind someone who's going so slow on a one-lane road. This is what I have to say in my head. God, thank you for protecting me from what might have happened if I was going 70 in a 25-mile-an-hour zone. Thank you, God, for the person that just pulled out in front of me while I was going 35 miles an hour in a 15-mile-an-hour zone. You saved me from something. God, thank you that while I'm on Saddle Road, two cars going the same speed in front of me and I can't overtake them. Thank you for saving me from an accident that could have potentially happened. Like you really gotta, you gotta shift into God awareness. Like be curious enough to start questioning what's happening. Like, huh, I wonder why he didn't call. God, thank you for saving me from possibly the worst relationship I might have found myself in. That could have been a possibility, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for saving me. It could be anything. I was going to pick on the wives, but nah. <laughs> Smarter than that. God could have possibly just saved me. <laughs> Where I'm at. Second thing, others' awareness. See how I just shifted? That's how you got to do it, guys. Others' awareness. Others' awareness. Now, this one, because Jesus went, it feels like to me, he went in order, God, and then love your neighbor. Others' awareness. So if you think of the definition of others' awareness, it's others' awareness is about perceiving, understanding, and acknowledging the way others feel. That's difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult when, when someone says to you, oh my goodness, you don't understand and you're like, what do you mean I don't understand? Just move the car. If you just move the car, then we all can park here. It'd be fine. You took up so much space. I mean, you don't understand. Well, I don't understand. Give me the keys. I'll move the car. See, you always pick on me. Like, what? Just to ask you to move the car. Or with others' awareness, it's like, hey, tell, what's going on? tell me what's happening. What's, tell me how you're feeling right now. It's hard to do, right? Because in our minds, we're like, I don't care how you feel. Move the car now. I don't care how you feel. 
You know how hard my day was? I don't care. How, you know how hard my life is? You're talking about one day? My whole life? I actually started when you was born. <laughs> my whole life. But, but, we don't know what's happening in that day. That's why when we go to a store, when we go to a restaurant, and someone's giving us a hard time, it might not be what's happening at that moment. It could have been something else in the way they're feeling from something devastating that's happening. To have others' awareness means that you put yourself on the side and you shift into, how is that person doing? How are they feeling? And I get it. We're like, I don't, I want to go into the feelings thing. This is, can we just get the job done? Love God with all your heart, soul and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Sometimes we treat ourselves in such a way that is detrimental to our own health and all we do is we just transfer that to how we treat other people. And we don't realize it because we can handle it. It's us. We're with ourselves all the time. We don't even know we're doing this to ourselves. There's a story. The adulterous woman that Jesus was confronted with. Some people, men, brought this woman to Jesus and said, hey, um, the law says that if she commits adultery that she is to be put to death by stoning her and Jesus actually sits down he draws in the sand if you read the scriptures in John chapter 8 sits down kind of draws in the sand there's so many speculations what he was drawing but then those who heard it they're all watching what Jesus is about to do and so Jesus stands up and he, and he says um he who is without sin cast the first stone. Like Jesus gave the perfect answer. He justified what he was about to do. And he justified his love for her and the people who were carrying the stones. Yeah, he, whoever has no sin, you go, you cast the first stone. And he sits back down. In other words, Jesus gave them permission to do what they wanted to do. But they couldn't because they knew what they did. And they knew they had sin. They were convicted because of what Jesus had said. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, because they know what they've done, their conscience is like, well, you cannot throw a stone because you yourself, you did the same thing too. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus knows who he was messing around with. He probably drawing the names of all the ladies he was with. Who knows? Could be anything. By their own conscience, they went out one by one. They just left, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. And here's the great part to this ending. He says, go and sin no more. Here's what Jesus wasn't saying. He wasn't saying, now go be perfect. What he was saying is, you're free from that now. You don't need to perform for anybody. You don't need to, you don't need to gain anyone's approval. You don't need to do that to feel valued, to be appreciated. You don't need that. I freed you from that. I give you your value. So you don't need to do that anymore. Like he freed her 
from being imprisoned by others. Jesus was so aware of others that he was able, with just a sentence, able to free both those who wanted to condemn and those who felt condemned. That's how good Jesus is. Even even with those who judge, he's able to convict. He's able to bring such wisdom that their consciences will give them wisdom in what to do. He was able to love. He was able to connect with all of them that made them learn something significant and gave them significance. Especially for the woman, which comes to our last, self-awareness. Ooh, This one is having the conscious knowledge of one's own character, feelings, motives, and desires. It's like how we present ourselves to others or how we're affecting other people. To have self-awareness, it is a skill that, and a survey was given, that between 10 to 15% of us practice. 10 to 15%. So if there's 100 people in here, only 10 of us, maybe 15 of us, understand self-awareness and will practice self-awareness. In a Harvard article, it writes this, self-awareness is the ability to focus on yourself and how your actions, thoughts, or emotions do or do do not align with your internal standards. If you're highly self-aware, you can objectively evaluate yourself, manage your emotions, align your behavior with your values, and understand correctly how others perceive you talk about a skill that only 10% of us have why is that because it's not easy 90% are saying I don't even want to deal with myself I'd rather love God and do my best with other people but to deal with myself oh my goodness that's 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 going to be difficult because now I have to dig deep I have to check internally I have to question my motives. I have to question why I made that decision. Now I have to really ponder and think through why I always get into an argument. I have to think through why I feel this way. Why when I make a decision, what, where was the motive? Where did that come from? And when I react this way, was that because of the situation or because of something that's buried deep beneath the surface that happened when I was seven years old? That's what self-awareness is. We try hard to forget the things that happen to us, yet our brain, our bodies, and our emotions will always keep record. The Bible tells us love keeps no record of wrongs. But our brain will, our emotions will, our actions will, our habits will, the neurons in our mind will. It keeps record of wrongs. There's a scorecard in there, and it'll always pop up if we don't deal with it. It'll pop up in various ways. And you'll see it. It'll happen. We call it being triggered. You see what just happened? Some of us got triggered. It happens. It's a real thing. It's something that we try not to deal with because it's so difficult. I was working out in a, I was at some hotel and, and they have a gym in there. So I love going either late or super early. 
once in a while, I'll get there like 8 o'clock, and I don't like going at that time because there's more people in there. So I have my AirPods on, and you can put noise cancellation. I love noise cancellation because it cancels out the noise. Brilliant. So I put this thing on, and I'm, I'm just on the treadmill. Nothing major. I'm just, you know, on the treadmill. No one else in there. Feeling good? Yes. Put on some old school, you know, MMA fights, and I get to watch some old, you know, uh, UFC. So I'm on the treadmill. All of a sudden, I, I hear the door close. I'm like, okay, another person is in here. That's fine. Through the noise cancellation and me watching MMA, I hear somebody behind me on the elliptical. Yep! No! No, 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 no. We can't. No, we can't move that portfolio. No, no. Keep it. Yeah. Keep it. No, 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 no. No. Tell. No. No. Tell Lucille do it. Lucille. Yeah. John will catch it. <laughs> John will catch it. He knows. Yeah, he knows. I'm on the treadmill. This is what is going on in my mind. I really, I really want to go next to him on the other elliptical and, and do, just do this. Hi, Heidi! <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> yeah! Fabulous time in the gym! That's, that's what I wanted to do. I so wanted to do that. So badly. I even had the whole scenario laid out. I was going to just go in front of him and just stand by the window in front of him and just do one of these. And just be like, no, I'm just working out. Yeah, old school 80s aerobics. Yeah. Sweating. That's what I felt like doing. I was so mad. Sorry. See how mad I am flying pens and everything. Whew. Sorry, I was kind of long. That illustration wasn't supposed to go that long. I was kind of in the moment. I, was, I think I was triggered. <laughs> I am sweating. Hang on, time out. Just, just for the people online glistening. That's why. I don't, want my, I don't want my makeup artist here, my powder. But that's what was going on in my mind, and I'm thinking, I could get away with that. No, but he doesn't know me. He doesn't know me. He's like a, I don't know how old he is, but he looked, <laughs> good thing he was on the elliptical, praise the Lord. And I'm thinking, I could get away with this. And then I'm like, yeah, but that's not me. And I'm like, but that's, that's not me. Although it felt so good, I had the whole thing played out in my mind, I could do this. It was God awareness. It's like, you know when God speaks, sometimes he'll say, yeah, go. Go, yeah, you can, you can do that, you, but you're going to reap the consequences. I actually, I actually wouldn't have felt good doing that. Like, you can play that thing around in your mind and over and over, and it wouldn't have felt good afterwards. Might have felt good at the time, but not afterwards. Self-awareness is a very difficult thing if we don't practice self-awareness. God created us in a way where we can come to our senses. Either we're going to come to our senses just by playing it in our mind, like what I did with the dude and in front of you, that's what I wanted to do, and knowing that the outcome wouldn't have been good because that's, now that's my character in front of God, that that's how I would have been in front of God. Or I would have corrected it after I did what I did. I would have to repent, ask for forgiveness, and who knows what it, 
what, what God would have done. Not that he would have punished me, but maybe he would have, maybe he would have given me some wisdom for other things. Oh, who knows? All I know is with that self-awareness, and I, if we can do it in our minds, we save ourselves. We know the story as the prodigal son. The prodigal son, Jesus gives the illustration of a family who, who was rich. One of the sons came to the dad, and he had an older brother. One of the sons came, the younger brother, and he said, hey, um, I want my inheritance early. So the father gives him his inheritance. He leaves home, squanders it. Prodigal, wild living, parties, squanders all of his money. Next thing you know, he's hungry. And then he finds himself so hungry that he's eating slop with the pigs. In Luke chapter 15, verses 17 through 22, when he finally, finally, you know what finally means? There were more opportunities. There was opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to come to your senses. But you know when he comes to his senses? It's when he's eating with the pigs. May our senses be strong enough that we smell the pigs and the slop before we get there. That's self-awareness. But he finally came to his senses while he was with the pigs. Then he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am, dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and, am, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to his father, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. So you notice that that's what he was practicing. This is, now he's doing it in real time against, against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to his servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. Many of us, we can catch ourselves before we're eating with the pigs. We can catch ourselves. For many others, I'm sorry to say this, but that's the only time you'll learn. It's with the pigs. If we're not aware of God's presence, if we, if we don't have God awareness, we won't know where we are in our life. We won't get to know ourselves. And if we don't get to know ourselves, we'll blame others when things weigh on us, when things don't go our way or we feel lost. And the result will be bitterness, complaining, a complaining spirit, fault-finding, lack of joy, and a hard heart. That's why Jesus said, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. He's saying these things need to be included because he's going to give you direction. Others will be there to support you. And they want to. 
because they know who you hang around with all the time. We got to be willing to accept that. Then when you drive the life God gave to you, because you have God awareness, self-awareness, others' awareness, then you're able to enjoy the journey you're on with God as your guide and your best friend in the passenger seat, building memories together for the rest of your life rather than eating with the pigs. It's a much better way. It's how Jesus taught us. Would you pray with me? Let's bow our heads for a moment. Heavenly Father, there's a lot to process and to ponder on, but you have given us a way to learn. You've given us a mind, a sound mind. You've also given us yourself. You also, you've given us other people too. So help us to love you and love others as we love ourselves. Give us wisdom. Help us to take initiative to reach out. If we need help, Lord, in, in learning and growing, then, then it's on us. No one is going to do that for us. But you make it possible for us to become everything you made us to be. You are the GPS for our soul and our life. You give us good direction. We just need to follow it. So thank you for teaching us about awareness. It starts with you. May everything we do, everything we see, everything we put our, our hearts to, that we'll be curious enough to find you in it. We pray this in Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen. Can we just thank God oh, for giving us his word? I know it might have been a tough one for us tonight, but that's okay. We still have God. We have a lot to learn and grow on. And may God bless you. Have a wonderful night. Have a wonderful week. We will see you soon. God bless you guys online also. Can we say thank you to all those who are online? Good to see you guys. Have a great night.